Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussions on Concussions podcast. We have back Beth Arts Ives, one of our all-time favorite people. <laughs> welcome, Beth. Thank you for having me, Rachel. And this is our final part of Love Your Fragile Noggin. And I have really enjoyed talking about this this month and will really elaborate on what it means to love your fragile noggin and taking care of yourself. And for me, I wanted to do the Love Your Fragile Noggin campaign because I think it's really important to not only accept that you have a fragile noggin, that you might have to do things differently or stay away from doing certain things, which can be a lot to to like a big pill to swallow i would say mm-hmm. um but then also just embracing it and loving it and making sure you're taking care of yourself so when i say love your fragile noggin it really is making sure that you're taking the time for yourself you're fueling your body and you're really acting upon what your brain needs so i know that uh, Beth is a great example of somebody who who knows her limitations and stays within it, but isn't discouraged as well of what you feel like you may or may not may not be able to do. Yeah, I feel like this month I've I've been catching myself so many times, you know, being like, okay, love your fragile noggin, like whatever <laughs> thoughts are coming up, whatever judgments with other, whatever frustrations and being like, just yep. love it, just love it. Because making it feel bad, you know, getting more frustrated isn't going to help. So I really love that you did this focus for, for February also. Yeah. And it's funny because we talked last in January about... Uh, resetting after the holiday season and how you shouldn't just throw yourself into the new year with with a bunch of things on your list. And it's funny because I personally had one of the best Januaries I've had um, since my my previous accident uh, a little over three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was a strong January and I felt like I was checking all the boxes. I was making sure I was eating right Mm -hmm. and uh, being active and having a good mindset. And then there was one day in February where it's like, oh, here's a migraine. And everything can just kind of crash down. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is just life. Yeah. And whether you're, you're still recovering or you face you know, chronic pain, such as migraine, it can come back to bite you at any time. And I think it's really important to be ready for that mentally. Mm. Because again, as you said, having that reminder this month of changing that mindset and making sure that, that you know that if you have a really high pain day, um, or just you're you're feeling really discouraged where you're at to come back up from that because the chart can go up down up down up down to get up to get better it's not a consistent line and we have to keep reminding ourselves of that so even on those really bad days Mm -hmm. you need to know that 
you need to take a second and you need to look and be like, okay, well, last January or last week, I was feeling like this. And you have to kind of compare yourself to mm-hmm. yourself, not to others, never, <laughs> but to yourself of your own journey. Um, because when yeah. I took a second, was like, okay, I know that for the past few days, I've been, it's been really bad. But when I compare the weeks that I just had to where I was at last year, I never would have thought that I would be doing that stuff. And so, and it's so easy too to think back to when before a head injury or before you had constant migraine to be like, oh, but I used to be able to do all that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Take a step back. Do not compare yourself to that version of you. Compare yourself to the version of, you know, the beginning of your recovery. So that is a reminder mm-hmm. that I've been trying to continually do of love your fragile noggin and remember already like the journey that you've been going through. I feel like I've had so much brain fog just already during that sentence, but that that is the point. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm so glad that it's funny that you mention it because after our last podcast in January, I was thinking, you know, are there things that I'm missing? Are there, are there people I need to add to my team? Are there those leaves that we'd already explored that we need to try again? And I know we spoke about that. And so I, I ended up reaching out to a concussion physiotherapist again. And I was like, Hey, I haven't done this for a, a couple of years now. Let's try it again. Um, and as you're saying about the comparison, you know, we're doing the the concussion, post-concussion assessment. And I'm like, oh, I remember these. And <laughs> the way that my, anxi- my anxiety flared up when he brought out the popsicle stick with the X on it. Oh I'm like, God. oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I came home and, and I said to I said to my husband, Sam, I said, this was so bittersweet because while it was it was upsetting and frustrating how poorly I'm still doing. I remember when I couldn't even finish the assessment two years ago because my symptoms were so bad, I wasn't able to complete it. And I was like, I completed it today. Like it sucks that we're still doing this all these years later, but I'm getting better. And it's because I'm loving this gosh darn fragile (laughs) noggin and trying to lean into it, right? And I just love that. I, I find that it's when you ignore it that that is really what what makes that difference of of it being even just worse off than where you where you're at mm-hmm. it's like there are times where you're, you you want to be stubborn you want to do the other things that you knew you you could do before the normal things for you and yeah. that is when your body just if it, you can't handle it if you're not taking mm-hmm. the time to heal then you're throwing yourself into these situations that your body just can't handle again. Yeah. So you need to kind of like baby yourself, like nurture yourself in a way, like put you first of like, okay, where is this at? And I know that this thing on the internet, I know it really resonated with both of us. My mental health really changed when I stopped asking myself, why am I so lazy and started asking, why does my body need so much rest right now? And then it said, read that again. And 
I've had quite a few people messaging me being like, yeah, when you posted that, like, I actually took a second, read that and thought that through. And it's true. It's like, it's so easy to when you are having tougher days, or when you're really trying to balance how much you're doing in a day. It's like, oh, I only did this today, or I only did that. That kind of attitude can destroy you. Yeah. Because when when you again you compare that to your previous self, it's so discouraging. But if you say, you know, I was able to complete two loads of laundry and I wasn't dizzy afterwards or no flare-ups were happening versus like three months ago I would try one and you know so it's like Mm -hmm. those examples you have you have to think of you have to hold on to those wins even though they feel frustrating that they're a win right like that bittersweetness and I know you know, I was talking to my my therapist about some of this, and we were just talking about things that surprised me that shouldn't. And, and why that resonated was, you know, if we're listening to our bodies, if we're being proactive, if we're taking our fragile noggins at face value, things will come up, there will be flare ups, we can't plan, of course. Yeah. But that over time, it should be less surprising because we're working with it, not against it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was such a great way to frame it of, you know, if, if we're accepting it as it is, if we're not dismissing it, if we're not minimizing the pain or how fragile our, our noggins are, ideally, those surprising ones will happen less, um, which I thought was so neat. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's really important to share that we're sharing this with everybody today. Because I know it probably maybe even took some people back when I was releasing our our toques or beanies. And, of course, Beth was, like, the first person that had to be like, oh, sign me up and <laughs> snatch them all up. Um, but just having fragile noggin across your forehead. I remember when I was describing that concept to people. And those, of course, who who don't suffer from post-concussion or migraine or anything head-related or kind of like, why would you want to have that strapped across your Mm -hmm. forehead? And I'm like, I think it's really important to just embrace that and also kind of like not only take that into serious consideration and thought of this is where I'm at, but also to kind of make light of it. Right. It is so nice and refreshing to – to just be like, this is my fragile noggin. Yep. Like, so many people have always said, especially in the winter time, oh, we need to wrap Rachel's head in bubble wrap. Like, right. So careful. And I'm just like, well, I got it on. I'm warning the whole town. I'm walking around with my fragile <laughs> noggin. Like, frisbee throwers, beware. Do not wear <laughs> <come near> me. <laughs> so it's just funny. And that's why when I was like, well, February is always about love because Mm -hmm. valentine's day and i'm like valentine's day that can be great but i'm all about spreading the love to all of the people you love not just you know your your relationships that are romantic and stuff and i was like let's make this month about loving your fragile noggin and that's like put all the 
pretty colors into it and just really go with it. Yeah, I think that's totally like the wearing your fragile noggin, like making that like a slogan. It's like putting an affirmation on your mirror or that you look at to be like, okay, I have a fragile noggin. Like, let's just go with it. I think there's something about taking back that label, especially we don't always get to choose our labels. We don't get to choose that we have, you know, these these heads that are susceptible to concussions or, or pain or whatever. So I like that it was about like, okay, you know, like embracing what this means to me and, um, you know, giving it some new power or some new connotation. I think that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I know that you loved it because you literally like, again, you got, you bought one like right away. <laughs> it just, Rach, it resonated so much with me, like loving your fragile noggin, like just needing to yep. love the crap out of it because that's what's going to help and I think I forget that I think I'm excited for my sweater to remind me to be like (laughs) throw the love out at it exactly (laughs) with talking about loving your fragile noggin and really making sure that that's a positive affirmation that you keep telling yourself you also have to learn with that when you need to say no not only to yourself but to other people have you found that that's come across in your day-to-day of trying to remind yourself it's okay to say no. It's all about taking care of your fragile noggin. So you find that, you know, you have to, you have to step back sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a work in progress. I was thinking as you were talking, like, the country song and it says like know when to hold them when to fold them and I think that's sort of the name of the game and um I know for you and I have talked about in terms of our work and our careers and what we thought things were going to look like mm-hmm. um having to make accommodations about our points and what we can do and you know I, I've chosen to say no to working in person and and going into my office and commuting because I can't do that. And that's not where I'm best able to spend my points and to take care of myself. And it sucks. It's hard to say no sometimes, but I found what's worse is not saying no. And then being sick for days afterwards or knowing that it's pushing it and pushing myself in a way that I simply can't anymore. And I need to get better at being like loving is saying no and it's hard, but but trying to, to live that. I think it's really important to make sure that not only are you pacing yourself and making sure that you can say no, but to check in and say like, okay, I have been really busy with work and that's been a toll, but I need to make time for myself and I want to make time for myself to do fun things with others. And you really need to find that balance. I think I think you're right, Rachel, around the age component, right? Like being in your 20s and in your teens and people's ideas and um, your 20s are supposed to be like your best years and your most fun. And like the mm-hmm. pandemic has really kind of slowed things down. But um, our 20s, we sometimes look like toddlers. We sometimes look like grandmothers because that's what our fragile noggins need. Um, but but what's making me smile as you were talking is 
ideally we get better at surrounding ourselves with people who respect our boundaries, respect our no's, don't need our I'm sorry's, just get us, understand, choose to understand what it's like to have a fragile noggin. Um, My sister-in-law will be like, how's your fragile noggin today? And I'm like, you don't know how good that feels to know you see me, you see what this is like. And so I think as we get older, it's hopefully we find those people who who take us at face value, who take us with our fragile noggins and don't need those explanations the same way. That is such a good point you make that it's not only as we mature and get older, but we're also surrounding ourselves with those people. It's so true. And it's so funny when you say that, because I remember the first time I think I had to message you and say that I, I couldn't hang out or I couldn't do something. And and I remember I got into my head, the typical, like, Oh, I feel so bad. And right away you responded and you were just like, Oh, it's okay. And like, of course from fragile noggin to fragile noggin, it's even easier. Right. In general, I know you're always one of those people that it's like respect whatever you need. And it's just, it's so great when you find those people where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have to feel guilty, but I also don't feel like I have to explain too much. And I think it's good practice, right? You know, we found community with each other and, and with the people that we choose to surround ourselves with your listeners, the people who engage with the podcast, yeah. those safe people allow you to practice saying no, allow you to practice loving yourself and your fragile noggin. And I think that that helps when you have to set those boundaries with people who maybe don't understand or or don't have the experience because you're like, okay, at the end of the day, I've practiced this with the people who love me and make it easy. So I think I can do it in those harder moments too. Or I know I have that accountability or those people to go back to that will be like, and you did it for yourself, even if the other person didn't understand it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so important that when you're connecting with others, whether they're fragile noggin or not, for those who haven't gone through what you're going through or don't have that understanding, it's still important to not write them off just yet, Mm -hmm. to know how you're feeling and to communicate that more. I know a lot in when I had the podcast with, with Matt, a lot of it was communication because for somebody that hasn't experienced the pain and all the crazy physical and mental symptoms that can come with it, you have to, you have to tell them what you're going through. So I know that when I picture myself hanging out with my family, (laughs) I feel like I was probably a, um, like I felt like a, a really moody teenager um, at the beginning of this last concussion, more than I ever was as a teenager. Right. <laughs> I would be very snappy because it's like for my family, they have an understanding of my history of concussions and everything. But I also have this guard down where I'll be a little bit more snappier than normal because I'm like, they can handle it. But now that I'm like more focused on communicating with them I don't have to like snap as much and be like ah this is overwhelming for me or this is too much instead they know 
okay, like if we're planning holidays, like that would be too much for Rachel or like that's, we're all being too loud or I see how this game could be overwhelming. And that's the funny thing because I feel like too, when it's family members and sometimes whether they like slow down and realize what's going on or not, they can pick up whether you're, you're being yourself. And I, I really feel like they have, they definitely put up with um, snappy Rachel and she's still there. Snappy Rachel's still there, mm-hmm. but it's when those symptoms kind of come and you get irritated. And when you're with people that you of course want to be more polite and you don't show that side, you put on a smile and you suck it up until you get home and you're literally a pile of mush or you're just a bag of emotions and you've snapped. I feel like it was just one or the other mm-hmm. for the of my recovery. It was either I was irritated and I was snapping because I was like, this is way too much for me. I, I have to go. I have to go into another room yeah. or it was just smile and wave boys. Everything's fine. Nothing's going on here. And with this, I've now found the middle ground of I will let you know what's going on so I don't get to the point where I snap at you. But I also don't get to the point where I suck it up too much that I go home a pile of mush. So it's really finding that balance. Yeah. The thought that crossed my mind as you said that was it's loving actually the people around you by taking care of yourself, by communicating effectively because you're giving them your best self, less of that snappiness because you're communicating, being honest, but also it's the real you. It's more authentic because this is the real us now, right? We're not the same as we were before our concussions. This is us. This version of us might need to communicate more. This version of us might be more honest. This version of us might be moodier than we were when we were teens because we're dealing with so much pain. Um, but by by being true to us, we're actually giving those people around us that we love a better shot to love us. And I think that's that's a pretty cool takeaway. It is. I think so. Look at us go. <laughs> Even with our fragile noggins and our brain fog and all. Yep. <laughs> It's so true. And it's just, it's crazy. I, I've i really been reflecting on the past year of how I've been slowly coming to terms with my situation, how I've adapted certain things, how I have a better understanding where my limits are at, and yet still where that motivation needs to be. Because again, they can kind of cross each other out of some days you feel like you're in this constant loop of like, oh, well, that would be too much and that would be too much. And then all of a sudden you don't have motivation to get up and shower or you're worried that pushing yourself too much and doing the simple things, then you can get into a depressive state and it comes full circle. You know, Rachel, you're talking about, uh, you know, what it looks like and that acceptance and, and as we journey through it, um, I couldn't help but think compared to our last two podcast episodes that that you've allowed me to be a part of, this one isn't maybe as upbeat and maybe as 
hopeful, but I think it's important in a different way because I think that's taking ourselves yeah. as is. I think the reason that that we're feeling this is is acceptance. It's feeling neutral. It's feeling at peace. And that might not be the like, oh my gosh, here are all the things I'm going to do that are going to be so wonderful for myself. Those are good too. We have to keep striving and, and being hopeful, as you said. But I think that there's something beautiful that you and I today are like, yeah, this is where we're at. This is compared to we've been. This is how we're making adjustments and leaning into it. Um, I think that that's loving ourselves in an even an even different way and an important yeah. way still. I agree. So our takeaway for this, I would say, is really think about what it means to love your fragile noggin. Look at what you're doing right now and think of something that you know is either helping you in that process of loving your fragile noggin or something that maybe isn't the best, something that you might have to say no to or cut back on and focus in on taking care of yourself and really embracing where you're at in life. You made me think of that heartbeat analogy when it's like progress isn't linear and that like loving yourself isn't linear either. Yeah, it's true. It's it's not. And self-love goes up and down like crazy. And it probably if you were to track your self-love and your days of high pain or just feeling low, they probably match up pretty spot on and those are the days we need to love even harder then yeah and I think we need to stop focusing on only loving ourselves when we're able to accomplish something Ooh, yes that is a huge takeaway because it is so easy during your road to recovery or just your every day of oh well I was able to do all of this today and I don't feel sick or I don't feel any symptoms coming on. So that's when you like take pride in yourself. And then the minute you like go down from that and you find a day where all you were able to do was get up, get dressed and do the bare minimum. Those are the days that you're really hard on yourself. I think we need to just switch that mindset into I'm so proud of myself. I was able to get up or I was able to take a shower. I was able to make a wrap and eat lunch. Or even I I love you so much for being able to do what you needed to do today. Or I I'm so grateful for you for for only doing what felt possible. I'm so I love you for knowing you need to just stay in bed right now. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay. Thank you so much, Beth, for joining us today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember to rest that head of yours.